Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and just get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm going to run you all over the word today. Can I have a good amen? Can you hum at me this morning? Mm-hmm. Come on, Denim, hum at me this morning. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good, good, good. I love the word. I'm not going to give you opinion. Uh, I'm not going to give you uh, my own thought. I want to give you straight out of the scriptures. We're in this series called You Asked For It. You Asked For It, a series made by you, designed for you. And if you were here last Sunday, didn't Pastor David Ray do an amazing job Come on, put your hands together and show your love for all day, David Ray. He talked about the power of forgiveness. And so that was one of the things that you had requested. Today I want to talk to you about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Question, have you ever been in a fight? How many have ever been in a good fist fight? Oh, yeah. Some of you, you remember your BC days. Got a little rowdy. Come on, talk to me. Mm-hmm. Some of you nod your head, you know, you know. I, uh, I'm from a small town called Fredericktown, Missouri. Now, you've never heard of Fredericktown. You've never been to Fredericktown. You don't want to go to Fredericktown. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about the ends of the earth. They're in Fredericktown. We had more cows than we did people, Okay. I mean, just small country town, USA, right there in the heartland of America. And I remember when we moved to Baton Rouge in the late 80s, and uh, coming from a small country farming community into what I thought was a big city. I mean, back in the late 80s, I mean, Baton Rouge was just booming when you only had a couple thousand people in your own town. And I played basketball. I remember the first basketball game I played here in Baton Rouge, there were as many people in that gymnasium as I've ever seen in all of Fredericktown, okay? It was huge. I'm thinking, man, where in the world am I? And we were playing a team from Holden, Louisiana. Anybody ever been to Holden? Man, they're angry in Holden. I don't know why y'all so angry in Holden, but this team, they came in with attitude, all right? And I remember, now I'm brand new to Baton Rouge, my first game, and man, there's, the place is packed with people. I'm a little out of my element. And these guys come in from Holden, and they were trash talking. How many know somebody that likes to run his mouth? Oh, yes, indeed. So this guy was up on me. He was checking me. He was talking me. You know, he, I, I thought it, was foul. it was a foul. In Fredericktown, it was a foul. But I guess they weren't calling fouls like that here in Baton Rouge. And so I remember I had the ball, and I went to the baseline. I pulled up for a shot, and I made it. And this, the guy was all on me. I made it right in his face. And I just kind of let it hang a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Y'all pray for your pastor, okay, man? I was full of myself. I put that right in his eye, and I let it hang to say, hey, I got you. Well, I mean, it happened so fast. He turned, and in one swoop, boom, jacked me across the face. I mean, I I didn't even see it coming. He hit me so hard, knocked me out of bounds, all right? Benches cleared. I don't know why y'all so angry and holding, okay? (laughs) Benches cleared. 
Parents come climbing out of the stands, and then it hit me. I'm not in Fredericktown anymore. (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. Can I have a good amen? Spiritual warfare. It tells me some of you, because you asked for it, some of you have been punched in the face. Some of you have been hit hard. Today, I want to talk to you. I want to unpack this in a biblical way. I want you to see, line upon line, God's plan for you. You need to know two things. You need to know who you're fighting, and you need to know how to fight. Come on, talk to me this morning. You need to know who you're fighting, and you need to know how to fight. And I'm not talking about in the natural. There is a spirit realm. Come on, somebody. There is an unseen world. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, verse 12, read with me. Ephesians 6, 12, the scripture tells us, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world. Are you with me? In other words, the Bible's saying your fight is not physical, it's spiritual. It's against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Let's read that one more time, Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. The first thing I want you to see, if you're taking notes, and I want you to write this down, there are three thoughts that I want to give us, and it starts with this, number one, awareness. Somebody say awareness. You need to know that you're in a fight. You see, that that day, that first basketball game I ever played in Baton Rouge, I didn't realize I was in a fight. You see, it's a dangerous thing to be in a fight and not know it. I mean, no, that's where people get hurt. But the scripture says you're not fighting against flesh and blood. Listen to me. I don't know who your enemies are, but they're not in this room. It's not your boss. Things may be tough in your marriage, but it's not your spouse. Maybe you had an argument with that teenager, that son or that daughter, but it's not your child. Uh, Maybe you've been hurt in church. Can I tell you this? Your enemy is not the person who hurts you. Come on, talk to me now. The Bible says there's an unseen realm. This idea of spiritual warfare is very real, and the Bible commands us to be aware. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out. Notice the language here. God's trying to get our attention. He's saying, whoa, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. If you're being hit, be aware, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You know, I remember being in the eighth grade and I signed up for football because all my friends were playing football and that was the thing. We're going to play football. Well, you know what? I got tackled in football and realized I was in the wrong sport. (laughs) Man, I need to sign up for something else. And then it dawned on me, if you're going to play football, you're going to get hit. Can I tell you this? If you follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are going to get hit. It's the nature of this thing. Think about it. Some of you, there was a day when you were just living for yourself. You were living under the, 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 the realm of the enemy, didn't even realize it. You were in spiritual darkness, but then your life was empty. And out of that emptiness, you sought something greater. 
The greater one was Jesus. And when Jesus stepped into your heart, he filled the emptiness in your soul, but immediately things start falling apart in your world. Come on, talk to me. You say, wait a second. I thought following Jesus and all my problems were going to be solved. (laughs) Doesn't work that way, does it? In fact, quite the opposite. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying no to the things of this world. When you're gaining ground in Christ, the devil's losing ground, and he's not giving up without a fight. Come on, you're going to get hit. Now, two mistakes that Christians make when it comes to spiritual warfare is this. The first one is sometimes we exaggerate Satan's power. We, we think that, man, this big, bad devil, and he's got so much power, and we see the devil in everything that goes wrong. Well, the washing machine broke, so the devil's in the detergent. <laughs> Come on, we laugh, but how many know what I'm talking about? We blame the devil for everything. Some of you are giving the devil way too much credit. It wasn't the devil. It was your laziness, your, 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 your selfishness, your irresponsibility. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Well, the devil made me do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure you, you did that. It was all you. Sometimes we exaggerate Satan's power. I want to tell you this. Satan doesn't have any power, only the power to deceive. Okay? So let's don't make the devil bigger and badder than what he really is. So we, we, some of us are just giving him way too much credit. Our first mistake when it comes to spiritual warfare is blaming everything on the devil. Our second mistake is this. We simply ignore his power. We simply ignore, we dismiss it. Um, the word devil, diablos in the Greek, literally means this, one who slanders or accuses. I want you to see this. The devil will lie to you. He will accuse you. He will condemn you. He'll place doubt in your mind. He'll cause you to fear. He'll cause you to be insecure. Those are the tools and the tactics of the enemy. You cannot dismiss that. Let's don't exaggerate his power, but let's don't ignore it either. You see how the enemy works? He'll tempt you to sin. And then when you sin, he calls you a sinner. And then he'll run to God and say, look at his sin. Come on, are you with me? And that's the shame cycle that some of us live under. Whoa, time out. You need to be aware. The first aspect of spiritual warfare is awareness. But please dial into this because some of you are fighting battles right now and you need to know who you're fighting. You're not fighting people. Look, people are not the enemy but the enemy uses people. Okay, because some of you are are ready to fight, but you're fighting the wrong things. You're you're angry, you're upset, you're trying to defend yourself, and you're fighting, you're expending all this energy in a realm that's unfruitful because you're fighting the wrong adversary. It's not people, but it's principalities and powers, and it's spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, People aren't the enemy, but the enemy will use people. Be aware. Be aware. Number one, awareness. Number two, the second thing I want you to write down is this. Now write down the word authority. Authority. Now this is a big deal. Everybody say authority. Here's here's where it gets good now, and I want to spend most of my time on this thought. In fact, I could have preached the whole message just on spiritual authority. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, listen to the words of Jesus. He tells his disciples, behold, somebody say, behold. 
I want to walk into my house one day and I want Rachel to say to the kids, behold, your father has arrived. The man of the hour, God's tower of power, too sweet to be sour. Behold, he says. In other words, he's saying, watch this, watch this, don't miss it. I give unto you authority and power. How many know that's a good one-two punch right there? I'm giving you something. I'm giving you authority and power to do what? To trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Now, here's the first thing. Awareness says I'm in a fight. It's not flesh and blood. There's an unseen world. There's a spiritual realm. But then the second thing, as believers, we need to step into this thing called authority. Okay, I want you to write that word down. And next to it, write down the word dominion. Because authority and dominion come from the same word. Now, I want you to see where we're going here. I want to build this case. Authority and dominion come from the same word. And the word dominion literally means foot Okay, watch where we're going. It means foot. It means to tread upon, okay? To trample or tread upon. If you have authority, then you can step on something, and that, jur- that, that realm, that space, comes under your jurisdiction, okay? Now, now, watch this. I was studying this week, and I got so excited. Man, I was running all over my house. God told Joshua when they're there, on the Jordan River, about to go into the promised land. God told him in Joshua 1.3, he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Okay, now track, track with me here. He's telling Joshua, every step you take, I'm giving it to you. Wherever you place your foot, that becomes yours. I've given you that domain that authority, that jurisdiction. And so what happens? They cross the Jordan River, and and they just start stepping. And everywhere they go, man, God gives them that as their promise. In Joshua chapter 10, they had defeated five enemy armies, and the five kings of these enemy armies were hiding in a cave. Well, now they got these five kings out. They defeated those five armies, and they bring these five kings before Joshua. And you know what Joshua said? He said, now I want you to put your foot on their neck. What's he saying? He's saying, we have crushed their army. We have defeated their leadership. And now the place where our foot is treading upon, what they once had now belongs to us. Come on, are you with me? You see where we're going here? Let me ask you this. How did Jesus defeat the devil? Up on the cross, once he was crucified and raised from the dead, the Bible says that the foot of Jesus, the the heel of Jesus, crushed Satan's head. Come on, now we're talking about authority, dominion, foot, tread upon. Jesus' foot literally crushed the head of the devil. You see, the devil doesn't want you to know the authority that you have in Christ. Won't you take your foot right now? I want you to stomp on the floor just for a second. You know what? Where you're putting your foot in Christ, you are now possessing. The devil does not belong on your shoulder. He doesn't belong in your ear. He doesn't belong in your mind. You know where the devil belongs? Right here under your feet. 
You see, I believe that Baton Rouge needs some churches that can take dominion. God is trying to raise up some believers who understand authority. Some of you have relinquished some things in your life, and God's saying, it's time to take that back. You see, authority. Behold, I give unto you power and authority. I love it. The devil does not want Christians to exercise authority over him. He wants to, through intimidation and fear, he wants you to think that you're powerless. But can I tell you this? In Christ, we are powerful. Not based on what we've done. I'm not talking about in some chauvinistic, macho, you know, self-centered way. I'm talking about the power of the cross. I'm talking about what Jesus did for us. And if Satan, if his head was crushed by Jesus' heel, then he's given us dominion, authority. He's given us jurisdiction in Christ to take back what the enemy has stolen. Now, in in Acts 19, I want you to see this quickly. In Acts 19, uh, let me just read it. Uh, 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 Verse 13, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, and they were saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who in the world are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Now, here we see an example of people trying to use power without authority. Now, what were they doing? They were saying the name of Jesus because Jesus' name had power. The name of Jesus has, I want you to know, demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Bible tells us one day at his name, every knee is going to bow. But these men were using that name to try to exercise power, but they didn't have authority. How do you walk in victory? Three simple thoughts. How do you walk in victory over the enemy? The first is this. you got to understand the authority of God's word. Watch this. The authority of God's word. The power of his name through a personal relationship with Christ. Okay, how many of you know God's word has authority? Man, it's not my words, it's not your words, it's not our thoughts, but when we speak God's word, this is the final authority. God's word, the power of his name through a personal relationship with Jesus. These seven sons of Sceva, they had the name They were trying to operate in some power, but they didn't have a personal relationship, so they had no authority. You know, when you have a personal relationship with the Lord, then you have the authority of his word and the power of his name. You have to be under authority if you're going to exercise authority. You know, for those of us that want to leverage the authority of God's word and the power of his name, we have to come under the authority of Christ. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, I, Rachel and I worked in youth ministry for a number of years, and we would talk to moms who had wayward sons and daughters, maybe kids that were making bad choices or you know, drugs, alcohol, living crazy life. And these moms, you know what they would do? They would exercise their authority. When those kids were gone out of their rooms, mama would walk in with some olive oil 
and just start anointing that room with oil. These mamas would take a prayer cloth and put it under the pillow of their child. Speaking the word of God, the name of Jesus, laying hands on their clothes and, you know, planting scriptures in their dresser drawers. Come on, somebody. How many know that mama, what's she trying to do? She's fighting darkness. Now, she's not fighting her son. She's not fighting her child. It's not a flesh and blood fight, but she's saying, there is authority that's been given to me, and I'm not going to allow the enemy to come. Not on my watch. Come on, somebody. God, I understand what you said in your word and the power that's in your name. And based on a personal relationship that I have with you, I'm going to walk in authority. Think about this. God gave Adam authority in the Garden of Eden. But when sin came in, Adam forfeited that authority. Then the devil comes and now assumes dominion over the natural realm. Okay, watch this. Now, all the kingdoms of the world belong to Satan. You said, Mike, wait a second. I I thought you said he didn't have that much power. Well, he's got power in the natural realm of the kingdoms of this earth. In fact, remember when Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and the devil said to him, if you'll just simply bow to me, I'll give you every kingdom of the earth. Why? Because it was his to give. But then something happened. The cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he stripped Satan of his power. You see, the finished work of the cross stripped Satan of all his legal authority over death, hell, and the grave. The domain of the kingdom now has been taken from the enemy, and all power and authority has been given to Christ. Jesus said this. I want you to look at this in Matthew 28. Then Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Come on, are you with me? Now, who's got the power? Who's holding the keys? Jesus. Well, you and I in Christ have that authority that he bought and paid for. And so we don't have to live as a slave to darkness. Are you with me? You know, I was thinking about a story that I heard recently. A Haitian pastor was telling a a parable. And he said a, a man owned a house and was wanting to sell his house for $2,000. It's all, I mean, it's a little humble, humble home, but he was looking to sell it. So one potential buyer came to him and said, well, I'd like to buy your house, but I'm not sure I've got $2,000. And so they tried to negotiate the price. You know, they went back and forth, went back and forth, and, you know, tried to agree. And so finally, the owner of the house agreed to sell it for $1,000, but he said, on, on one stipulation, I'll sell it to you for an adjusted price, but on one stipulation, I want to maintain ownership of one large nail over the front door. So the guy thought, well, that's okay. I can live with that. That makes sense to me. We'll do it. So they made the deal. Sold the house. The new family came and moved in. Well, a year goes by, and the original owner of the house wanted to buy it back. Well, naturally, the new owner says, no, listen, we, we, we had a deal. My family's living here. We've made our adjustments, our life. We, we love where we are. I'm not selling you the house back. 
So you know what the original owner did? He remembered that he retained ownership of one nail. So he goes out into the streets, and he gets the carcass of a dead dog, and he hangs that carcass from the one nail that he still owned. And sure enough, after a few days, a week goes by, the house was totally polluted. It stunk. It was unlivable. And so it forced that owner to sell the house back to the original guy, all because of one nail. And let me tell you something about authority. The devil is looking for a nail. Say, Mike, I love Jesus. I got Jesus in my life. Man, I'm living for him. But he's looking for a nail. I'm mostly surrendered. There's a few things that I'm, you know, I'm still working through. If the devil can find one nail, you know what he's going to do? He's going to take his filth, his trash, his garbage, and he's going to hang it on that one thing that still belongs to him. You see, what we need to do when it comes to spiritual authority, we need to deed everything over to Jesus. Every board, every nail, every brick, every window, every wall, every square inch of our life, God, it's yours. Why? Because when it belongs to Jesus, it is his domain. Don't give the devil a single solitary inch. Don't give him anything that he can come in and say, well, wait a second, wait a second, that belongs to me. You see, sometimes movies that we watch, the devil's looking for a nail. Come on, are you with me? Our entertainment choices, if he can find one nail, well, sure, you love God. Go ahead and go to church, but that nail's mine. Maybe some, some habits, some of our thinking. Maybe it's a dating relationship. Maybe it's something, an area that, well, it's not totally surrendered. Maybe it's something that we want. And if the devil can find one nail, then he'll do everything within his realm to leverage that for his purposes. But you know what? When, you, when you're in a battle, when you, you're, you're, you're fighting, you're, you're understanding, man, my, my battle's not with flesh and blood. I understand there's a spiritual realm. But then you begin to embrace the authority that God has given you. And you say, you know what? I'm not surrendering any area of my life to the enemy. The Bible says, and I want you to hear this scripture in Ephesians 4, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Don't give any place. The devil just can't come in whenever he decides unless you give him that right. That's how a foothold becomes a stronghold. That's how you give the devil an inch and he'll just weasel his way up in there and try to take over the whole room. Pretty soon the whole house, he'll pollute the whole house. I want you to know, you have authority. Six years ago, I remember Rachel and I had lunch with one of my overseers, Pastor Larry Stockstill. Brother Larry had actually came and preached here one Sunday morning. And, and then afterwards, we visited, and you know, Rachel and I were stepping into a new season as, as we were leading the church, and he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Pastor Mike, you and your wife are now the gatekeepers of HPC. You're the gatekeepers. you got to hold the line. 
And anything that you give access into your life, you give entrance into the life of the church. Talk to parents just for a little bit. We got to hold the line. We're gatekeepers of our house. We're fighting not just for us, but for our children. And whatever we allow into our lives, we give entrance into our homes. He said, you got to fight for families. You got to stand on pure doctrine. You got to hold to the truth of God's word. Don't give the enemy access or entrance. You got to walk in personal holiness and purity and integrity because you are now gatekeepers to a larger responsibility. How I many know that's powerful? Thinking, Lord, I want to walk in authority and I don't want to give any room to the devil. You know, some of you are fighting some battles. And today is a day of awareness. It's a day of understanding authority. But then the last thing is this. It's about the armor of God. How are you going to fight the devil? How are you going to fight him? <laughs> Man, you've got some amazing weapons. you got some armor. The Bible says that you have the helmet of salvation. You know what that helmet does? It guards your mind and your thoughts. You have the breastplate of righteousness. What does that do? It protects your heart and your spirit. You've got a shield. It's called the shield of faith to block every fiery dart of the enemy. You've got a sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. What do you do with that sword? You slice and dice the devil and cut him down to size. Or you got a belt. It's called the belt of truth. And that belt, it holds up your dignity, your honesty, and your integrity. You know what else you have? You got shoes, shoes of the gospel of peace. And those shoes order your steps and give you purpose and direction. God's given you from head to toe. He's given you some armor. But let me ask you this. What good is all the armor of God without the warrior on the inside? I'm praying God will put a warrior spirit inside of you. Psalm 144 verse 1, the Bible says, Bless the Lord who is my rock. He gives me strength for battle and skill for war. Are you fighting some battles today? I'm going to tell you this. God's given you everything you need. You've got armor. You've got authority. You've got the power of Almighty God. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.